MSW Media. Thanks to our new sponsor, Maeve, for supporting our podcast. Dogs need unprocessed, high-protein, low-carb diets that kibble and fresh foods don't deliver. Make the switch to raw today. Right now, Maeve is offering $40 off your first order at meetmave.com slash dailybeans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, April 25th, 2023. Today, Tucker Carlson is fired from Fox News. Don Lemon is out at CNN. Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis says she will announce indictments this summer between July and September. And closing arguments commence in the Proud Boy Seditious Conspiracy Trial. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. What a fucking day. Holy I jolly. mean, you think you're having a day. You should talk to Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Donald Trump and anybody else who's in Good Fonnie Willis's Lord. crosshairs. Um, my goodness. We're going to talk a little bit today about that, what Fonnie Willis announced in a letter to law enforcement today. And, uh, of course, we'll, we'll talk about that. It was, pro- this was probably one of the shorter intros we've had, but, like, jam-packed, jam-packed. with news still, yeah. right? Yeah. So we have a lot to get to. So let's do that. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. First up from Gabriel Sherman at Vanity Fair. Tucker Carlson has been fired from Fox News. And the crowd went wild. The media world was blindsided by the news that Tucker Carlson and Fox News would be parting ways. But so was Tucker Carlson. (laughs) The apparently hasty parting. Carlson gave no indications he was leaving in his last nightly appearance on Friday. He said, I'll see you all Monday night. (laughs) No, you won't. And the network was still running promos for his show Monday morning. And that hasty parting came less than a week after Fox settled a defamation lawsuit with Dominion Voting Systems, which sued the network for false claims about the 2020 election. Carlson was among several on-air personalities expected to testify. His executive producer, by the way, Justin Wells, was also fired. On Monday morning, Fox News CEO Suzanne Scott called Carlson and informed him he was being taken off the air and his Fox News email account was shut off. According to a source briefed with the conversation, Carlson was stunned by his sudden ouster from his 8 p.m. show, which kind of makes it more fun to me. Oh, yeah. You know? So, and and by the way, his 8 p.m. show, the most watched program in cable news last month. Carlson was in the midst of negotiating the renewal of his Fox News contract through 2029, according to sources. And uh, his contract is good through the rest of the year, and it costs $20 million. So they're just going to pay him out his contract, which means that this was a, like... Something big happened. Yeah, and something that they couldn't keep him on the air anymore. They couldn't, like, even wait a day or a week or, like, give him one more show, you know, to say goodbye to his weird followers. And that makes me wonder, like, what is going to drop on Tucker Carlson this week? But as of last week, Carlson had told people he expected the contract to be renewed. (laughs) So this is news to him. He told people he doesn't know why he was fired. According to the source, Scott refused to tell him how the decision was made. She only said it was made from above. Uh, According to other reports that Suzanne Scott and who else? Rupert Murdoch had a phone call Friday evening and made the decision, but they didn't tell him until Monday morning, which is interesting because usually if you want to bury news, you put it out on Friday night. So they kind of seemingly wanted everybody to know. 
Carlson has told people he believes his controversial show is being taken off the air because the Murdoch children intend to sell Fox News at some point. The network provided few details in a Monday statement saying Fox News and Tucker Carlson have agreed to part ways. We thank him for his service to the network as a host and prior to that as a contributor. A Fox News spokesperson declined to comment beyond the press release. Carlson declined to comment. And details are are emerging now about his exit. The Los Angeles Times reported, quote, Carlson's exit is related to the discrimination lawsuit filed by Abby Grossberg. That was a producer fired last month. And that the decision to fire Carlson came from Fox Corp chairman Rupert Murdoch, as I said. Washington Post reported Carlson's comments about management, calling them fuckers and (laughs) comparing them to liberals, (laughs) revealed in the defamation case brought by Dominion, which Fox settled last week for $787.5 million. And they say that played a role in his departure. Fox Corporation stock fell as much as 5% Monday morning, erased $962 million in market value after it was announced that they fired Tucker Carlson. So they might have only paid $787.5 million for Dominion in the settlement, but they lost $962 million in market value, which totals $1.6 billion. <laughs> Look, Look at, at that. that. <laughs> Class A shares of the media company recovered slightly, and they were trading at $32.65, down almost 3% by 1.32 p.m. Eastern. So oh, wait. Mm. Yep. And there's more. Uh This is from the New York Times. Don Lemon is out at CNN in an announcement that Lemon said left him stunned. CNN on Monday declared an end to its longtime relationship with Mr. Lemon. As we know, he's one of the anchors who was a fixture of the network's prime time lineup before enduring a short but controversial tenure as the morning show co-host. And this is a quote. CNN and Don have parted ways. This is from Chris. Is it liked? It's licked. Licked. You would think as a lesbian, I would know that. It's Chris Licht, CNN's chairman, (laughs) said in a statement and went on to say Don will forever be a part of the CNN family. Will he? And we thank him for his contributions over the past 17 years. Do you? We wish him well. Okay. And we'll be cheering him on in his future endeavors. Hmm. Well, that benign language contrasted sharply with Mr. Lemons' interpretation of the day's events. In a scathing message on Twitter, he told viewers that his talent agent had abruptly informed him that I have been terminated by CNN. I am stunned, he wrote. After 17 years at CNN, I would have thought that someone in management would have had the decency to tell me directly. At no time was I ever given any indication that I would not be able to continue to work, to do the work I have loved at the network. And CNN obviously disputed his account on that, saying that the anchor, quote, was offered an opportunity to meet with management, but instead released a statement on Twitter, because Twitter seems to be the new thing now. In announcing statements of the laws of your job. <laughs> My God. In a clear sign of acrimony, Mr. Lemon has retained the aggressive Hollywood litigator Brian Friedman to handle his exit. His contract with CNN runs through 2026. That's according to two people with direct knowledge of his deal. In its Monday statement, CNN said its morning show, which is a major initiative of Mr. Lick, would continue, though. CNN this morning's has been on the air for nearly six months, and we are committed to its success. That was from the network. Like lowest ratings of any show on cable. But they're committed to it. (laughs) Now, still, Mr. Lemon's exit raised the possibility of a bigger overhaul. Ms. Collins, who's a former White House correspondent, recently drew solid ratings during a week-long run as a substitute host at 9 p.m., fueling speculation within the network that she might be considered for a permanent position in that time slot, in any time slot. And in recent weeks, CNN leaders were hopeful that Mr. Lemon would adjust to his new morning show role 
and that higher ratings would follow. Well, on Wednesday, however, Lemon made the headlines again after a highly contentious on-air exchange with Vivek Ramaswamy. Say it for me. I've, you got me. Maybe Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy. Yeah, Vivek Ramaswamy, who was a Republican presidential candidate. Now, the segment deteriorated as the men fiercely debated questions of Black history and the Second Amendment. Mr. Lemon's co-anchor, Ms. Harlow, could be seen sitting silently beside him, at times casting her gaze elsewhere and scrolling through her smartphone. So I'm not sure she's too happy about the way that interview went. Yeah, but uh, Vivek was basically telling Don Lemon about Black history, and Don Lemon's like, I am Black. (laughs) Yeah. In case you haven't noticed. And it got really heated. Uh, and I think Don Lemon was right in in that back and forth. Uh, so it's kind of maybe a little bit of an indicator of where CNN is heading. All right. From Hollerman at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Break out the champagne. Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis on Monday said she would announce this summer whether Ooh. former President Donald Trump and his allies would be charged with crimes related to alleged interference in the 2020 election in Georgia. Willis revealed the timetable in a letter to local law enforcement in which she asked them to be ready for, quote, heightened security and preparedness because she predicted her announcement, quote, may provoke a significant public reaction. That sounds to me like a Trump indictment is likely. Yeah, I don't think you put out at all points bulletin red alert saying, hey, everybody, whoop, 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 red alert, red alert. I'm just going to indict Rudy, you know, (laughs) or Lindsey Graham. Yeah, yeah, right. Now, in the I think he's just a witness. But yeah, in the letters, Willis said she will announce possible criminal indictments between July 11th and September 1st, sending one of the strongest signals yet that she's on the verge of trying to obtain an indictment against Trump and his supporters. Quote, please accept this correspondence as notice to allow you sufficient time to prepare the sheriff's office and coordinate with local, state and federal agencies to ensure that our law enforcement community is ready to protect the public. That's what she wrote to the Fulton County Sheriff Patrick Labatt. Similar letters were hand-delivered to Darren Shirebaum, Atlanta's chief of police, and Matthew Kalmeyer, director of the Atlanta Fulton County Emergency Management Agency. Quote, we have seen in recent years that some may go outside of public expression of opinion that are, that are protected by the First Amendment to engage in acts of violence that will endanger the safety of those we are sworn to protect. Uh, as leaders, it's incumbent upon us to prepare. Several legal observers, including me, closely following the Fulton investigation, which Willis launched more than two years ago, said the letter suggests Willis will seek charges against Donald Trump. Quote, it obviously seems to imply the case against Trump will be presented to a grand jury. That's former Gwinnett County District Attorney Danny Porter. He went on to say, I don't think any of the other targets would raise that level of caution. I think that's the obvious implication. Norm Eisen, friend of ours, former ethics czar under Barack Obama, who co-authored a Brookings Institute report on the Fulton probe, agreed. He said, while she does not have the former president's name in her letter, the evidence and the applicable law in Georgia point to the substantial likelihood that Donald Trump and his principal co-conspirators will be included when she follows through on the plan she confirms in this letter. So it seems as though Donald will have time to finish his rape trial before he's arrested in Georgia. (laughs) Uh, As he awaits his trial in New York... (laughs) <laughs> for Good criminal, criminal uh, falsification of business records. I am now taking bets on whether Jack Smith might drop some indictments before Fonnie Willis does in July or August. And the reason she's, she listed that timetable, it's the fourth, I guess, uh, sitting, the fourth session of the court 
down right. there. Okay. And so that's when she, uh, it goes from July 11th to September 1st. That's when she says she's going to announce those indictments. And I know a lot of us are like, why so far away? It's almost May, everyone. This is yeah. not that far away. And also, we explained this uh, in tomorrow's cleanup on L45 pod with Pete Strzok. Recently, Fonnie Willis had to file an 11-page motion to have one of the fraudulent electors, groups of fraudulent electors lawyers, removed from the case because she yes. failed to present an immunity deal. She's probably trying to secure that testimony, get new lawyers in place. If she indicts before that happens, then she could be running afoul of criminal defendants' rights and due process, which would leave her vulnerable to an appeal. So she's going to straighten all that out, get those deals on the table, get the testimony locked in before she presents her case to uh, uh, the grand jury, the second grand jury, because the special purpose grand jury finished up in December. Got it. Angie, thank you for all of that information for sure. This is from Ryan Riley at NBC. Five members of the far right Proud Boys were, quote, thirsting for violence and organizing for action before January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. The Justice Department said that in a closing arguments in their seditious conspiracy trial on Monday. Now, what happened at the Capitol on January 6th was a national disgrace. Assistant U.S. Attorney Connor Mulrow told jurors at the three-month-long trial as that nears to an end. But for the Proud Boys, January 6th was mission accomplished, Moreau said. They had done it. They had stopped certification of the election. Five members of the Proud Boys, Enrico Tario, uh, Ethan Nordine, Joseph Biggs, Zachary Real. Is it real or real? Uh, I don't know. We'll go with real on this one. And Dominic Pizzola, they're, both, they're facing nine counts, including the rarely used charge of seditious conspiracy and a Civil War era statute that has been used against a, just a small subset of the January 6th defendants. Pozzola is facing a 10th count for allegedly stealing a police shield he used to smash out a Capitol window. Two members of the Oath Keepers were convicted of seditious conspiracy in one trial in the fall, and four Oath Keepers were convicted at another trial in January and in separate January 6th cases. Now, a few members of the Oath Keepers pleaded guilty to, con- to seditious conspiracy, as did a member of the Proud Boys, and that was Jeremy Bertino, who testified at the Proud Boys trial. Now, Moreau told jurors that the Proud Boys thought politics, quote, meant actual physical combat, a battle between good and evil in the most literal sense. The defendants conspired to stop certification of the election by any means necessary, including by force. This is for Moreau. Now, a conspiracy can be unspoken. That's what he said. A mutual understanding reached by a wink and a nod or a tweet, if you will. Now, <laughs> there's no magic date when jurors have to agree that the conspiracy began, Moreau added, telling jurors that the defendants could be guilty of conspiracy, even if the agreement did not begin until January 6th, when the barricades at Peace Circle had already come down. So, Mulro, he said that they were motivated by their belief that the election was stolen and their desire to keep then-President Donald Trump in office. And this is a quote, people generally don't commit crimes for no reason. He went on to say using force against the government is not something that any group of people would take lightly. Now, Mulro noted to jurors that Proud Boys formed what they called Ministry of Self-Defense right after Trump's December 19, 2020, Will Be Wild tweet, in which he called on his supporters to go to Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Well, the Ministry of Self-Defense wasn't a drinking club or a men's fraternity, Mulro said. It was a, quote, a violent gang that came together to use force against its enemies. Now, Mulrow said that the defendants made their intentions known. They were not in Washington on January 6th to see Trump's speech or to protest peacefully. They were there to threaten and, if necessary, use force to stop the certification of the election. 
Two of the defendants, Rail and Pozzola, they testified in their own defense during the trial. Just hours before Rail was set to be cross-examined last week, online sleuths turned up video that appeared to show him deploying pepper spray on a police line. Video that the FBI had missed over the course of two-year investigation. Now, under cross-examination, Rail claimed he could not recall if he shot pepper spray at officers on January 6th. I'm sure that video helped jog his memory. Mm-hmm. Mulro, during closing arguments, noted that Rail's attorney asked his client over and over again on the stand if he ever used force against officers, and Rail said, no, never. That was false, Moreau said. He did that. He did that, and he lied under oath about it. The lie, quote, belongs with all of Zachary Rail's evasive, aggressive, implausible testimony and tells you how much weight you should give anything he told you. Zero. End <laughs> quote. Pozzola, who called the charges against him fake and called the trial phony, of course, and corrupt during his testimony and raised conspiracy theories about Ray Epps, a man who has been frequently accused by the far right, without evidence, mind you, of stoking the January 6th riot as an undercover government agent. Well, it was the first to breach the Capitol by using a stolen police shield to smash a window. This is again from the lawyer Mulrow. This is a quote. They went into the building like soldiers in a conquered city. They showed total contempt for the seat of American democracy. Defense attorneys began presenting their closing arguments on Monday afternoon, and those arguments are expected to continue into Tuesday. After the government's rebuttal, the jury is likely to begin deliberating the case late Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, we'll see how long it takes them to come back with a verdict. A three-month trial. And Rail and Pozzola did themselves no favors by testifying in their own defense. No. All right, everybody, stick around. Uh, We've got a lot of good news to get to. If you have any good news, you can send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. As a devoted dog mom, I understand the importance of providing my pet with the best nutrition possible. That's why I was excited to discover Mave. It's raw food for dogs. Mave's diet is made with real human-grade ingredients, and it's formulated by PhD veterinary nutritionists to meet your dog's needs. Dogs need unprocessed, high-protein, low-carb diets that kibble and fresh foods do not deliver. I used to feed my dog, Olive, a kibble diet recommended by my vet, but I had no idea it was lacking in key nutrients and could lead to various health issues down the road. But Maeve's raw food diet is the perfect solution with all the nutrients missing from her old food can be found in this delicious food, and she loves it. She gobbles it up. Uh, Since switching over to Maeve raw food for dogs, I've noticed significant changes in her health. Olive's coat is shinier, her breath is better. Uh, And she has more energy than ever before. And with no mess, no prep, so it saves me time, it's been really simple to bring into our daily routine. Just open, pour, and serve. It's that easy. She's very lucky. Who else can say they get all their favorite food every single day? There are reasons my dog Olive and I love Maeve. And you can get $40 off your first order at meetmave.com, M-E-E-T-M-A-E-V.com slash daily beans. Most dog owners see results in less than 28 days. And Maeve has received over a thousand five-star reviews from satisfied pet parents and their dogs, including those who are, who are notoriously picky eaters. So make the switch to raw today. Right now, Maeve is offering $40 off your first order at meetmave.com slash dailybeans. That's meetmave.com slash dailybeans. M-E-E-T-M-A-E-V dot com slash dailybeans to receive $40 off your first order. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Thank you. 
near. Good news. Good news. And if you have any good news or corrections or you have some confessions or you want to play what the mutt or what the heck wine, I'm, I'm pretty good at guessing horse breeds, I guess. Who knew? Uh, if you want to give a shout out to a cool local small business in your area or uh, somebody that you love, I love those very much. Whoopie stories. And if you don't have pod pet tax to pay us with photos of your pet, you can always share an adoptable pet in your area. Just go to dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. First up from Kelly, pronouns she and her. Hello, lovely ladies. Oh, the beans. Just a quick thank you for the wonderfully interesting conversation with Michelle Eisen, the amazing Starbucks union warrior. It was so good. I shared it as a recommendation to all my team of PSA union delegates and members of our team's page here in New Zealand. So win-win, they get introduced to one of my all-time favorite podcasts, and hopefully they end up subscribing. Fun fact, the first Starbucks in our little corner of the world to be unionized was here in Auckland. Anyways, thanks for all you do and for the array of fantastic podcasts under the MSW banner. For my pod tax, I believe I've included a photo of my newest grandson. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I'm dying. I am dying. I've waited silently while you read this whole submission. Look at this fucking baby. Oh. M. He's perfect. The eyelashes. I can't. The mouth, the smile, the, the hair. hair. Oh. This grandchild is gorgeous, the Kelly. Jammies. Gorgeous. Congratulations. The jammies. Oh, when I see babies like that, I'm like, maybe it's not too late. And then my doctor's like, it is. It's way okay. too late. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right. Me too, my friend. Oh, man. All right. This is from Robin New England, pronouncing him. Hello, Beans Crew. Here's a story that I must tell you. Background. 25% of the campaign staff of a school committee candidate in my hometown, and in addition to being the campaign's social media guy, I've also spent the last couple of weeks standing in the center of town with a campaign sign during morning rush hour. Waving and smiling at perfect strangers and passing cars is not my personality, but one does unusual things for a candidate one believes in. Well, this morning, Monday the 24th, as I write this, I was on duty in the town center on the last day before the Tuesday, April 25th election. I was holding my sign, getting an inspiring number of waves and honks from passing commuters and listening to yesterday's Daily Beans on my phone. I enjoyed the hot notes. I enjoyed Harry Littman's B-Blog podcast excerpt. And then the good news began. <laughs> As Dana navigated the conversation land, end quote, pronunciation issue, I was smiling. But for a political sign holder, that's fairly on brand. When Dana announced the myth, the myth of syphilis, I burst out laughing so hard that my knees buckled. I'm quite certain that the commuters near me waiting in their cars for the traffic light to go green thought that I was certifiably insane. Nope, just a loyal beans listener. Thank you, Rob. My pod pet tax, not my cats, but those of a dear college friend. They're named Tiny and Tabby. They're brothers. And don't tell my friend, but I can never quite tell them which one is which. Each is 13 years old and about 18 pounds worth of adorable. Oof. Yeah, Tiny, aptly named, has just been diagnosed oh, with diabetes. So we're hoping that the weakness in his hind legs is a temporary side effect of the diabetes and not something else. Thanks as always for your continuing great work. These cats are really quite beautiful and they're massive, by the way. Oh, yes. And one way you can tell them apart is that the one on the left has that big mane yeah. underneath. Very sm- different. Kind of a smaller head. So a teeny and tiny and tabby. I, I love it so much. I know. So cute. And they're bromthers, which is awesome. So thank you so much for sending that in. And yeah, the uh, the myth of syphilis was pretty. Oh, pretty my God. Great. And you all are very welcome. I don't even mind 
like taking shit for it just because the comments alone from the listeners were just so happy. If I can make you all laugh, that's my job anyway. Mm. So my work here is done. Yes, (laughs) truly, truly. All right, next up from Tracy, pronoun she and her. Hello, Leguminati. Thank you for the belly laugh. I have to report a tape square failure, uh, although it might be because the cat in question was recovering from fortunately temporary blindness. Oh, goodness. Will- Willow, my sister's 14-year-old cat, suddenly seemed like she couldn't see at all. She would jump the wrong way, bump into things. She wasn't making eye contact like she used to. Turns out she had high blood pressure, and that was causing blindness. Wow. After a few days on medication, she was able to start seeing again, which was not guaranteed at all. She seems to be back to her old self now. Yay. For pod pet tax, here's a pic of Willow and my dog Trinity. Great name. She would like to be friends with Willow, but is afraid of the exploding cat armed with knives. <laughs> Took all of two seconds for Willow to establish permanent dominance. Oh, my Aww. goodness. My sweet baby. Look at the dog. <laughs> that looks like it's like set up by Olin Mills, this, oh this photo. God, of this so dog. cute. Beautiful pups and beautiful uh-huh. little tuxedo baby. Indeed. All right. Brenton Woods. He, him. Oh, Woods. Howdy from Northern. What's that? Oh, Brenton the Woods. Yep. Pronouns he and him. Howdy from Northern Wisco Chums. It's me, Brent, your pal in the woods. Sadly, this message is not for UAG, nor UDG, nor any of my fellow Leguminati. This is for one person only. Engaged WWF wrestling voice. Okay, here we go. I'm talking to you, Josh Hawley. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty good, right? That was like yeah. a little macho man, Randy Savage, you muddy diaper of a person. All right, I'm going to get back to it. You soft, ill-equipped goblin boy. Josh, you sorely lack the perspective to publish a book about manhood, and I'm calling you out. Talk's cheap, you P.A.B., so how's about you man up for a bro down? (laughs) (laughs) What am I proposing? Fourth of July, pay-per-view. Brent in the woods versus Josh Hawley in a straight-up Northwoods beer-fueled bro down. (laughs) A dude cathlon, if you will. Face off in different events such as quoting Pulp Fiction, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, performing the national anthem, splitting wood, Grilling venison, human style kissing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what a great, great callback. And so on. We'll go beer for beer next to a campfire. We'll take an American history quiz. The final event uh, will be who can most quickly remove a Confederate flag vest that says, Come and take it, worn by a fully resisting adult male. <laughs> so, what's it gonna be, Holly, you man? And you man enough to bro down against a liberal, feminist, anti-fascist, LGBTQ ally? Loser has to shut the fuck up and leave politics forever. I'll be waiting by the flagpole, Josh, to everyone else. Hugs from up north. Brent in the woods. <laughs> I know. Not the best. I think some of it was good, if you ask me. I watched a lot of WWF as a child. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Me too. We'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge, partner. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, Brent, you're so hot right now. I love it. <laughs> Human style kissing. <laughs> oh my god, the human style kissing part. <laughs> oh my god. Tear into Slim Jim. <laughs> and then like he put a picture of some of these chodes on here. Come and oh, take it. Man, so off gross. of a fully resisting adult male. <laughs> I particularly like the fringe on the cutoff t-shirt that seems to be coming out. That nice fringe that those Nazis like to wear on their sleeves. Just mm. a little fringe to get you through your day. Mm-hmm. You know. Why not? Oh my God, so good. Brent, so good. Human style kissing. Oh, <sighs> that was good times. That was good. Good job, Dana. Well done. Thank with you. The read, with the uh, dramatic reading. Randy, the macho man savage. 
<laughs> oh, I did. I watched a lot of wrestling too when I was a kid, like being into Hulk Hogan and oh yeah, Macho Man and mm-hmm. yeah, yep. that was a that was a thing. That was very popular. Oh, man, Ric Flair. Yeah, right after you go oh, see Shauna Na live, and uh, you know, <laughs> then the Muppet shows on at night. <laughs> oh my god, I'm almost embarrassed, but yeah. And monster trucks, Gravedigger. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I like Gravedigger's my favorite. All right, everybody, that's the good news. <laughs> There's something new about us today. I mean, news is fun. And I was just, a, I was a reading machine today. I didn't mess up one word. I probably did mess up one word, but you know what? They'll be funnier. They'll be funnier episodes. Trust me. Oh, always, always. And uh, thank you so much for sending these in. You'll be back with us tomorrow for one last day, right? Correct, correct. I'll be back in yours tomorrow. All right, sweet. Tomorrow, and, uh, tomorrow, I love you. Tomorrow. And you gotta, you gotta sing it like a, a kid auditioning for it. Tomorrow, you have to sing it like tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow, I love you. Tomorrow, it's only a day away. Ah, uh, can't wait till July 10th and we can sing about Fonnie Willis. Oh All my right. God, so good. I know. Right Tucker's in my veins. Out. Tucker's out. Oh, and he didn't even know. That's the that's the sauce right there, right? Yeah. That's the gravy. Also, this Fonnie Willis announcement, like, we know it's 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 leaning toward Trump. And I love that they didn't spring this. Like, he's got two months to shit his diaper and like... <laughs> Like, just live in fear of this. And I just love it. I'm not a vindictive person, but with this, he deserves every bad thing coming to him. Yeah. So he's going to have to deal with uh, a rape trial starting today. Yeah. Right. And that's not criminal. That's civil, but it's, it's still a rape trial. Uh, and then any moment Jack Smith could announce, because Jack Smith isn't going to say, hey, heads up, everybody, between these dates, we're going to announce some indictments. Mm, he no. just, DOJ doesn't do any shit like that. They just indict. They just drop them. They just go, boom, here it is. And then we we get it. Um, and, you know, usually uh, within minutes, you know, somebody will poke me and say, hey, psst, psst, you know, go go make an announcement on indictments only. Yeah. Um, and then he has the July to September time frame. Then October, his New York Attorney General Tish James trial starts. Oh, my God. He's just going to be buried, buried, buried. And then in December, he has a hearing for the Manhattan DA. And peppered in between there will be DOJ stuff. It's just for, no good days left for this guy. And that just that pleases me so much. It pleases me as well. Seems like a good place to sign it. Yes, let's sign it. I'm going to go uh, celebrate with a glass of wine and we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, also, check out Clean Up on Aisle 45 tomorrow with me and Pete Struck. Until then, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And take everyone you know with you. <laughs> I've been AG. And I have been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, I'm Liz Winstead. I'm Moji Alawode-L. And we're the hosts of Feminist Buzzkills, the only weekly podcast that helps you navigate the post-row hellscape. 
We dissect all the news from that sketchy intersection of abortion and misogyny with our guests, the abortion providers and activists working on the ground. Plus, we have amazing comedians to help us laugh through the rage. Feminist Buzzkills drops Fridays wherever you get your pod fix. Listen and subscribe, because when BS is popping, we pop off. Hi, I'm Frances Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. And we're Frangela. You know what you need in your life? Hmm. The Final Word Podcast. Yes, you do. That's right. It is the final word on all things political and pop cultural. Where we make real news real funny. Where we inspire you so you can hashtag resist. Subscribe and get a new episode of The Final Word Podcast each week. It's the news we think you need to hear. That's right. We think you need to hear it. Okay. Yeah, it's what we say so. That's right. And because all we do is give, every Thursday you can listen to our hysterical podcast, Idiot of the Week. We round up the stupid because you know what? Somebody has to. Okay. All we do is give. 